Welcome to another edition of the Deacons Roundtable here on WSFI FM 88, no, FM 88.5, AM 7, uh, 8, 8, what are we now? 7.50, I get it all mixed up. So, and, or WCatholicRadio.com, but we're talking uh, today, we are, we are here in the studios, and we have our guest, Father Hezekiah from the Institute of Catholic Culture today. Uh, also with, we have uh, Deacon Mike Alandi, and unfortunately, Deacon Dave could not make it today, and he's kind of upset about it because he's a big fan of the Institute of Catholic Culture as well, which we'll talk about a little bit later. Um, so we are here talking with, with Father Hezekiah. Father, Father, how are you today? Oh, just blessed to be with you guys. It's really, really an honor to be on your show. And well, it, it's uh, it's amazing to me because uh, as WSFI is a big, it is the largest nation's uh, EWTN affiliate. Uh, I'm sure our listeners have heard you on the Sunrise Morning Show with Anna Mitchell and throughout the day for all the times that you're on here. So um, it's just just a great honor to speak with you. And for our listeners, we're talking to Father, who is in California right now. And I was actually kind of wondering, Father, because for all the time I see you on the radio, I say, like, oh, my God, does this guy ever go home? He's always on the radio. <laughs> but, then, but then I realized if I'm seeing him at 5 o'clock or 7 o'clock, it's still 5 o'clock in California. So he might, you know, it might be a little bit easier for him to be, be working with us in the Midwest and the East Coast. But uh, you certainly are a very, very busy man, Father. But before we start, um, we're going to start with a prayer. Yes, we'll do that. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Lord Jesus, we offer you this program today and for all the intentions of your sacred heart, especially for peace in the world. This we pray through Christ our Lord. Amen. 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 So, Hezekiah, for, for some of the listeners here that uh, uh, may not have heard you before, um, find it hard to believe, but could you give us a little bit about uh, how, how you got, in, got in the biz? Well, the, the 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 religious business, you mean, or what? What? Yes, 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 yes. Yes, of course. So, you know, I I, I grew up in California. Uh, I'm I'm now a pastor of a parish here in Sacramento, California. Um, but uh, but I grew up in California, and as a teenager, um, well, I should say I should say with all of that, what that means to grow up in California today, and that there's so many temptations, so many. Uh, so much of an atmosphere that is, uh, that is, you know, really an anti-Christian atmosphere. Um, and I succumbed to many of those temptations. I fell away from the church um, and came from a broken home anyways, from a uh, situation of divorce. And, um, and so um, in my teenage years, I just, I, I walked away from the church. I walked away from Christ. Not, not necessarily intellectually. I had received a pretty decent formation. My dad ensured that we were always going to good, solid churches, always finding faithful priests. But, but in my heart, I, I allowed myself to wander. And, uh, and uh, eventually, um, you know, I, I graduated from Catholic high school, just barely, and, uh, and then did not proceed, proceed to, to enroll in college. I started my own landscaping business here in California, in Monterey area, Carmel, Pebble Beach, uh, I opened my own nursery um, and uh, just kind of started life in that direction, uh, pursuing really just a secular life. Um, and uh, and I really found myself uh, far away from Christ. And, and, and when difficult times came, I really had nowhere else to turn because I had tried whatever the world had offered for happiness, whether it was drug use or 
you know, sexual immorality or whatever the case was that was being offered as, you know, an opportunity to discover happiness for myself, none of these things actually brought happiness. I found myself very unsettled, much like Augustine, right, who says, our hearts are going to be restless until they rest in, in me. And so there I was, very restless, very unsatisfied, and, and, and very much depressed. And um, uh, at, uh, you know, 21, 22, 23 years old. And it was then that I began to do what I should have done from the very beginning. And that was listen to my dad, who had constantly, always, faithfully proclaimed the truth of Christ in my life and had always in a loving way told me the truth that the life I was living uh, could never lead to happiness and that I needed to get back to church. And so following his guidance, finally, uh, I, I did. I returned to church, and, and that began a long journey of, uh, of, of that would take, take a long time. You know, the prodigal son takes a long time to get out of the pig pen and start making your way back home. Were you in the Latin rite then, or were you always in the Eastern rite of the Catholic Church? Yes. So I was baptized Roman Catholic when I was when I was 10 years old. My dad had gone through a divorce with my mom, had been away from the church, and had we had not been baptized. But then when he had gone through this difficult time, he himself returned to church, and then eventually we were baptized when I was 10. So I was baptized Roman Catholic, but here in California, in the area of the Central Coast, the Diocese of Monterey, things are not uh, the way you would hope they would be in the church. Um, and, uh, and so my dad always looked around for faithful priests that weren't always easy to come by and good, solid Catholic churches where the mass was celebrated reverently. Um, and eventually he found a small mission that was starting, um, in San Luis Obispo. It was a Byzantine mission and it was there that I was confirmed in the faith and, um, and then proceeded to, um, to come to know the Byzantine tradition, although in the midst of that, I was also falling away. So when I returned to the church um, in my 20s, then I, uh, I, I went back to college, and eventually near, near the college I was attending, there was a Melkite Greek Catholic church, uh, another, uh, another Byzantine church from the Middle East area. Uh, most, of the, most of the people are from the Middle East, and there I discovered uh, a beautiful spiritual home that I remained in and eventually was ordained in and, uh, and now serve in as a priest. So in, in, in that rite, where, where would the seminary have been? You know, the, the ancient form of the seminary uh, was, of course, the word seminary is where the, the seed is planted, right? The, the, the seed of faith is planted, which is our parish home. This was the way it always was in the, in, the, in the ancient church. The seminary system that we have today in the West, where guys kind of go off to this place apart, is really uh, a, a later development in the West after the Protestant Revolution, when the church said, we got to make sure these guys are well-formed because they're, they're, fall, they're succumbing to this, these heresies. And so that, 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 that uh, developed in the West after the Protestant Revolution, but in the East, the, 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 the place where the seed of faith is planted, where the person grows up in the faith, is their parish church. And so I, I always tell people, my seminary was Holy Transfiguration, Melkite Greek Catholic Church in McLean, Virginia, uh, under the pastorship and, and spiritual guidance of Father Joseph Frank Avila and Father Charles Abudi, um, where, I, where I discovered 
my vocation and the discovery process was simply the bishop, the bishop's voice, you know, God calling through the bishop and asking me to serve. Um, and, uh, and, and then beginning my instruction, I received my bachelor's in theology from Christendom College, a master's in theology from uh, Christendom's graduate school, and then went on to study at uh, Dominican House of Studies, took some classes there and so forth in Washington, D.C., until the, um, until the bishop was satisfied to, with my formation. Well, anyone who's listened to you on the radio knows that you must have started studied very, very hard because you, you, you know the Bible so well and, and, and the traditions of, of not only the, the Latin rite but also the Eastern rite uh, as going through there. So um, that's really cool. But just out, just out of curiosity, curiosity since you're, you're talking to two uh, Latin rite deacons there, how does the diaconate work in the, in the uh, Byzantine Church? Well, you know, maybe a bit, the better question is how does vocation, how does the vocation work? Uh, because, you know, we, we oftentimes hear people talk about discerning their vocation and making their decision to go to seminary. But as I said just earlier, the, I, the original idea of the vocation comes from the Latin word vocare, to, to, to call. Um, the calling is the calling of the Lord, which is discerned by the bishop. And then, and then further discerned by the pastor of the community, and so that's kind of how the diaconate, how I was called to serve in, in in holy orders, was that I was just working around the church. I was attending services. I was using my gardening background, mowing the lawns, and cutting trees, and serving God's community. And then the bishop came to visit, and the Father Joseph, the pastor, presented me to the bishop and said. He will make a good deacon and a good priest for you. And that began the process of the bishop discerning my vocation and then calling me. I literally received a phone call. I was in my yard doing my own lawn one day, and the phone rang and received that phone call from the bishop and said he'd like to ordain me. And, uh, and by then, I had, I had been married. Um, and, uh, and, uh, and, and in our Byzantine tradition, um, married men can be ordained not only to the diaconate but also to the priesthood, um, and uh, and so that began that process by which my wife and I discerned uh, whether we could respond to the calling. Yeah, and and so uh, we aff- we affirmed that calling and and walked down that road, and the bishop ordained me as a deacon, and then eventually as a priest, and and appointed me as pastor here in Sacramento, California. But do, do, does the Byzantine rite have a permanent deacon like we have in, in the Latin rite, or is it always is, is it always meant to be a transitional step? It's it's permanent until it's transitional. I was, <laughs> I was a deacon, and I was very happy deacon, by the way, uh, to you guys. i got to tell you, I love the diaconate, and I always remind my fellow priests that we did not take off our baptism—I did not take off my baptismal robe— when I was ordained a deacon, and I didn't take off my diaconal robe when I was ordained a, a, a priest. I remain a deacon who, is, who was ordained to, a, to a, the priesthood. I have to remain. Of course, the word deacon means servant, and it is Christ who is the first deacon. Um, and unless I remain a deacon, then my, then, then my priesthood is, is, is nonsensical. If I'm not incorporated into Christ in his giving of his life for us, in service to us, as he says, I've come not to be served, but to serve, right? To, to, to literally diaconate, to do the service, yeah? Um, and he remains a deacon. And so uh, we are all baptized into this truth. Um, and, uh, and so 
anyways, I don't remember your question, Deacon, but that's, that's, that's the point. I remain <laughs> you, a deacon. You answered, I love it. The deacon. you answered it. You answered it. You also have me amazed that you made mowing the lawn a religious experience because I haven't uh, <laughs> it's, it's, has, it's hasn't been that experience. for me. But, uh, that's but, amazing. You know, I was, I was a deacon for five years, and I loved being a deacon. And when the, when the bishop asked me to accept ordination to the priesthood, I did so. But, but, uh, but I, I have to tell you that, that I, loved, I loved being a deacon. And, um, and like I said, there's a per, the permanent deacon is the permanent reality of the deacon who remains even though he's ordained a priest. So the bishop discerns that. The, the, a deacon is a, is a permanent deacon until the, the bishop says, I want to ordain you a priest. And then, and, then, and then, yes, he remains a deacon. Yeah. And so that's up to the bishop. Very, very cool. Very cool story. Just, just one of uh, curiosity. In terms of liturgical vestments, do the bishops wear their dalmatic under the chasuble? Yes, yeah, sim- a very similar tradition in, the, in East and West, yes. The, the vestments look different, but the, the foundations are the same. So on the, uh, you, you became a pastor, or you became a, I assume you became an associate, and then you, then you worked your way to, to your pastorship. Um, how did the Institute of Catholic Culture develop from this scenario? Well, I, when I was, I was going to college, you know, once I decided to return to the church and I prayed God's will in my life, it became very apparent that I needed to go back to school and to study. And I, I originally thought that that was, simply returned so that I could um, teach Sunday school, which I had begun doing at my local parish. I loved doing that, and so I went off to study theology for that purpose. And, um, but there at, uh, at college, I, I realized that there was a whole generation or two generations of adults that had not really received a good solid formation in the faith. And I, I kept hearing, you know, I was an older student. I went to college when I was 25. So when the, when the parents came to pick the kids up, the 18-year-olds up from college at the end of the semester, I oftentimes would talk with them, and I enjoyed that conversation. But they, the one, one thing they said over and over again, every single, every single parent I talked to, was, I wish I had the chance to receive the formation that you're receiving, the education you're receiving. Because I was going to, to Christendom College, a very faithful Catholic college. Um, and... Uh, and I, 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 I responded, well, why not? Right? I mean, this, this education, this formation was life-changing for me. When I enrolled at Christendom College and started studying philosophy and theology and sacred scripture, um, uh, all of it, starting to realize the, the breadth and the depth of our faith and how it impacts every aspect of our life and how we live our faith. Uh, originally, when I went off to school, I, I thought it was very much going to be an intellectual exercise about learning things about the faith, and it certainly is that. But that learning about Christ, that learning the faith is for a purpose, and that is for loving, right? You cannot love what you do not know, and love is the point of our communion. And so all of our knowledge about the faith that we learn is so that we might love Christ more fully, that we might live with Him and indeed live in Him. And so once I started to Experience this in my own life, um, I started to ask myself the question, well, why are we not giving adult Catholics the opportunity to live the fullness of the faith when we're, when we're teaching them so that they might love? Oftentimes in our parishes, that teaching is secondary or, 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 or worse 
in our priorities in the church. You know, uh, you've got a a huge audience of people, and I'm just going to—we're going to put them in a room right now and ask them to raise their hand, but I'm going to tell you that everyone is going to raise their hand the exact same way, and that is, how many of your parishes have a Sunday school wing? Okay, and there are about 95% of our parishes have whole sections of our church property dedicated to the formation of youth. Now, how many of your parishes have a equivalent or larger part of your, your, your church complex, your church building, dedicated to faith formation of adults? And now, now, now everyone's hand is going to go down, um, and, uh, and, and, and this is a fundamental problem. Faith formation, catechesis, is primarily for adults because adults have the full capacity to understand. But instead, we've re- inverted that in the church, in most of our parishes. We put all of our effort in the children, and we do so primarily because we like pointing the finger at other people. If I have to take responsibility for my life, if I take responsibility for my own formation, for my own relationship with Christ, that means changing my life, and that's hard. You know, but, but if I can say somebody else has to do it, that's a lot easier. And so we build these, church, these Sunday school wings that, say, that want the next generation to be to be Catholic. Well, I have to tell you, the next generation has no interest in being being Christian. If this generation doesn't have an interest in being Christian, because God has designed it so that our children want to be like us. They grow up to be like us. Say, my, my boys, I can, I, I've got seven children. I'm looking out my church window right now as we speak, and there's my son mowing the back 40 acres, it's not 40 acres, but he's on the the mower and he's mowing the lawn. Father, if I can interrupt you, we're coming up on our first break here on WSFI on WSFICatholic.org, 88.5 FM, AM 750. We're talking to Father Hezekiah at the Institute of Catholic Culture, and we'll be back shortly. Hi, I'm Ava Burke, a producer here at WSFI and a junior at Carmel Catholic High School. We are hoping to expand WSFI to reach up to 8 million people in the Chicagoland area. To help us reach this goal, please donate to WSFI Catholic Radio. WSFI has been a vital radio station with getting the word out to so many people. Many conversions have happened through WSFI, and it has brought countless people back to the church and into the faith. But we cannot expand without your financial help. Please take a moment now to make a donation and go to WSFICatholicRadio.org or mail your check to P.O. Box 885, Libertyville, Illinois, 60048. Thank you for your help in making this once-in-a-lifetime opportunity happen. As we got towards Christmas, one of the parishioners suggested, why don't we take out an ad on the local radio station? I have to say, I really didn't have an awful lot of optimism about it. But I was well advised. We went and we cut a little message. Once it started playing, I began to hear from the Catholics in the parish about how great this was that we're out there, how great this was that that we are showing signs of life, how great this is to encourage us 
who are here in the parish already. WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio is committed to bringing quality Catholic programs to our local community. We only can do that with your financial support. Take a moment now to donate online at wsfiradio.org or mail your tax-deductible donation to WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio, P.O. Box 885, Libertyville, Illinois 60048. That's WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio, P.O. Box 885, Libertyville, Illinois 60048. Donations of any amount are greatly appreciated. Welcome back to the Deacon's Roundtable. We are talking with Father Hezekiah of the Institute of Catholic Culture. And, Father, right now I'm taking the uh, bioethics class that I believe is one of your largest ones. If that is that true? Yeah, we have over 3,000 people from 57 countries enrolled. 57 countries. I mean, that, that's just amazing numbers. And uh, and the, the lecturer who's doing that is is uh, Father, I can't think of his name right now, but he does a, he does a wonderful job. Thomas, yeah. Yes. And um, what, how did you get to the point where you, you, you were in, in college buying beer for college students and, and talking about the <laughs> faith, and now you're, you're, you're having 3,000 people from 58 countries talk about Catholic bioethics on Monday nights? How, how, how do you make that yeah. leap? Well, you know, you, you know Deacon, as, the, as I said earlier, but Pope John Paul II says very clearly, Adult catechesis is the principal form of catechesis because it is addressed to persons who have the greatest responsibility and capacity to live the Christian message in its fully developed form. So, so there you have it. So that, that's, that's kind of where I came, came to, honestly. I, I, I said, look, we can't we stop pointing the finger at the next generation and say, we got, we got to form these adults, these, these parents that were coming to the college and picking their kids up and so forth. They're the ones that need to be formed because it's through them that the next generation is formed, right? If we've got a problem in catechesis in our parishes, Sunday schools, and so forth, I want to ask, who's forming the Sunday school teachers? You know, who's forming the parents who are ordained by God to be the Sunday school teachers? Who are, who's forming the grandparents upon whom these children are sitting and learning the faith? You know, we have to take that seriously, and that's, just, that's what the Church teaches. And so, and so the, uh, following uh, college, I, I established the Institute of Catholic Culture, which was in a local parish in the northern Virginia area, St. John the Beloved, McLean, Virginia. We started doing some Bible studies. I started to bring some speakers in uh, to try to give uh, the, the, the faithful, the, the, your, your average parishioner, a taste of a solidly Catholic liberal arts education, to give them a taste of reading Aristotle and St. Thomas Aquinas, of, studying the scriptures, not, you know, Bible study like so oftentimes happens in our parish. You know, whoever wants to lead it can lead it, and we ask stupid questions like, how do you feel about this text? I don't really care how people feel about the Bible. I care about what the Bible's teaching us. I hope they feel good about it, but, but you know, you so we started doing this and giving a real opportunity for adults to sink their teeth into real meat. Into, into the substance of the faith, and to be reading the primary text. And what was the result? Of course, they wanted more, and we grew very quickly. So the Institute of Catholic Culture started as a small adult education program in a single parish. We grew out of that to start serving parishes all over northern Virginia in the Diocese of Arlington, and then began, um, began using 
the modern Roman roads, if you will, of communication, the Internet more effectively to uh, offer live, engaging education for anyone who comes to us, no matter where they're at, and to be able to do that using the Internet, using uh, webinar technology, video technology, to be able to bring great teachers like Father Paul Scalia or Dr. John Cutterback or others. Uh, Dr. Anthony Esselin was with us last night and to teach in a live setting, to be able to engage with the, with the students, and to be able to give the students an opportunity, as I say, to sink their teeth into the real substance of the faith and be challenged by it. And then in response to that challenge, to begin to be challenged to live our life fully as Catholics. I think the amazing thing is with your, with your success, amazing to me, maybe it's my ignorance, is that it's not just an RCIA bunch of classes about this is Jesus, this is God. This is a liberal arts curriculum with a, a great multitude of different different subjects. I mean, you're not and you're not just running Catholic bioethics this summer. You have so, how many courses are you running this summer? We've got a ton of stuff going on all the time, Deacon. Honestly, we you know, like I just said, we were just studying Dante, uh, Dante's uh, uh, Paradiso and Inferno with uh, Dr. Anthony Esselin last night. So we've got a variety of things we do. Uh, history, philosophy, theology, scripture, literature, Catholic political theory. Uh, we, we're constantly going through the catechism of the Catholic Church. Um, uh, we have cultural opportunities in which we take pilgrimages to the Holy Land. Or uh, in, in next week, I've got about uh, 60 people coming in uh, to go up to Tahoe for a week together to study with Dr. John Papino and Dr. John Cutterback. Um, so and that's an in-person retreat event. So We've got opportunities, not only live opportunities online and in person, but we have also recorded virtually every program we have ever done. So we have over 1,500 hours of free education available on our website on demand. So if you have questions about scripture or history or whatever the case may be, you can get on our website. Guaranteed the topic is there, an opportunity to study it in a, in a serious manner. And I, ha- I have to admit, when I, when I uh, reached out to Peter, your your assistant, to, uh, to 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 see if we could schedule to coming on, I was kind of laughing to myself. It's like, okay, I'm going to send an email in, and there's uh, three thousand other emails coming in that day. Like I'm, a, I, I, I kind of laughed to myself. I said, I don't even expect a response, but I'll I'll reach out, and I I got a response. So is does Peter ever away from his computer? Or I mean, because how many how many emails must he get get in one day? Is 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 just amazing. And, and that's yeah, true. I sent, I sent Peter an email, too. He responded the same day. Uh, I'm, yeah. I'm really surprised, yes. Well, you know, we're, we, like I say, we are very much in, um, engaged in a real formation of persons, and that requires interaction. That's why all of our courses, all of our classes are offered um, uh, live. It, 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 it's one thing to record in a studio a program and, and have a lecturer there who can read off his notes. It's another thing to be in a classroom with a teacher and be able to learn from them, laugh with them, be challenged by them, ask them questions, challenge them. That's the environment in which somebody really learns. And so we're doing as best we can with modern technology to do that and then to reach beyond certain geographic borders. We have over 200 people registered for our bioethics course from Nigeria. We have a uh, nun in, in uh, the far reaches of Russia taking this, taking these courses. So there are people all over the world who are in need of formation, and by using modern technology, we're able to reach them. 
So why do you think, Father, the Catholic bioethics course just generated the numbers when it did? Is it something about bioethics? Was, was it because of all the things that are going on in society right now, or because the email well, hit a spe- special day? Was it, why, why, why all of a sudden we had 3,000 people talking about bioethics on Monday nights? Well, there's a lot. There's a lot. Of, there's a lot of people that are interested in challenges. There's a lot of attacks on the faith that are related to this, um, and end of life issues, and and so forth. But, but you know, to be honest with you, it's not a flash in the pan. We've. Uh, it certainly is our largest registration we've ever had for a course. But we had over 2,400 register for our theology 101 course, uh, and we're going to be looking to do a course uh, coming up in. Catholic political theory. So these are regular. We just had 2,200 uh, registrants last night for, for Dr. Anthony Esplin on Dante. So the, the, the people out there, they're interested. As I oftentimes tell people, the problem isn't in the Catholic Church. The problem isn't that we don't have adults that want to learn the faith. The problem is we haven't built halls big enough for them. And when the ICC has done programs in person in halls, we don't have enough chairs and people are standing room only. And so going beyond that, then uh, using uh, t- technology like, uh, like Zoom and other technologies to be able to open this up to as many people as possible. And again, to do so free of charge, because that is how Christ gave us the faith. I mean, we didn't pay for the faith we received. It's a free gift. And that's part of the Institute's mission, that everything we do is offered free of charge. I was just going to mention that, because I was... Uh... When I registered for the Catholic uh, bioethics course, I said, okay, I'll be getting a bill. <laughs> and it was, and uh, no, no bill came, and I realized, I mean, of course, uh, it's a great model because the class is so good, and when the class is over, of course, I, I will be honored to make a donation for, for, for receiving such such a uh, wonderful experience. And I'm, I'm sure that's that's uh, uh, how, how you do your funding I, I mean, and, and going through there. But it, 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 it's not cheap, I imagine, to have 150,000 hours worth of courses and 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 are the instructors uh reimbursed or are they doing it pro bono oh no we pay for everything we pay for every single person that registers for a class it takes it uses the technology we're using we pay for all of our teachers because there's not only did jesus say receive free the bit but and and give freely but but also saint paul said that every worker is worth its wages right so um and and so it's important that we are honoring our teachers and attracting the best possible scholars we possibly can bring but then to be able to give that away for for free and you're right deacon that that there's the model right you give somebody a life-changing experience you give them the opportunity to learn uh, uh, something about the faith in it which is always going to be salvific it's always going to be life-changing right and the response of that person is always going to be more generous than if i if i if i treat the church like a vending machine in which i package up in a very pretty package some aspect of it whether it's a new bible or it's a video program if i package that up and try to sell it uh, i might five bucks ten bucks fifteen bucks whatever the case may be i might make money yeah but it but it's not the model of jesus christ he he came to give his life for us and what was the response? The apostles and the, the holy women and so forth gave their life back for him. That's what we need in the church today. We need Christians willing to lay down our lives for Christ and for one another. And then to light the flame once again in the midst of our church. And the only way we can do this is if we follow the example of Jesus Christ and we give people what they so badly need, that formation of faith so they can come to love Christ more deeply. You know, it's pretty. It's pretty amazing to me that uh, 
you know, here in Chicago, of course, we know Bishop Barron, who's from, from Chicago, who's coming back to the Midwest. And, uh, and we have uh, Father Mike Smith, who's also from, from the, you know, th- those are the big names in, in Catholic evangelization right now. And I think they'd be a little envious of the numbers that you're talking about. <laughs> so the well, Institute of Catholic Culture, which, you know, we should tell our listeners that you, you go to Institute of Catholic Culture.org. And, uh, you know, go there and, and look at the events and the offerings that are going on there. It's, it's just amazing of all the, the uh, different interests that you can have on that site. So I want to encourage our listeners to, to visit this site and see the great work that Father, Father Hezekiah has, has been doing. Mike, what's the I, course I, you're I, doing right now? I'm doing uh, Deus Caritas Est, and I'm enrolled for bioethics in uh, October okay. already. Yeah, I, Yes. No, you can't but, have but, my but, you can't have my quizzes. I'm not but, giving them but, to you ahead of time. You, you're going to have to study yourself. Mike. Nah. <laughs> but well, but one thing, my 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 reaction really when I saw the the website was like, I am receiving a lot. I I feel like wow, somebody's giving me a lot here, and I know I have to respond. I my first response was I got I got to use this website. I need to pass this on to other people and let them know. And that's how really I felt. I felt really good about it, that somebody cared about my my religious education and development. What's even by that? I mean, I have a bioethics background, and so I can, and I've taken the class out of just the joy of bioethics, but but what we're getting from the Institute of Catholic Culture, we're getting authentic teaching. We're getting teaching within the magisterium. We're getting teaching that is consistent with our faith. We so often can get who knows where different perspectives come in here. Um, so the people who are doing, uh, getting courses from the Institute of Catholic Culture are getting the authentic faith. They're getting authentic liberal arts faith that we, we probably didn't get. I'm a guy from the 70s, so we know how bad RCIA was, you know, during then, or CCD. You know, we, we, we were seeing Kumbaya. We weren't learning how to pray. And, and so we need, we need things like the Institute of Catholic Culture to, to, to bring us back into the understanding of our faith. And what a great opportunity that we have here. But I, I wonder, Father... Do you ever go home? I mean, <laughs> I mean, do you know what your wife looks like? I mean, you're you're a b- very busy guy. You know, we, we have we have a an unending mission. I always tell my staff members that you know if we have a time in which you can kind of breathe a little bit, don't worry because it's going to get worse. And uh, <laughs> and uh, uh, because there, you know there's there's never a day in which we can't grow in our service to the Lord. And then, and uh, you know, I love Deacons what you guys were saying, and this joy you have of saying, "I want to give this to another person." That is, that is the heart and center of what it means to be a Christian. Remember the story of the Samaritan woman. Jesus says, "If you drink of this water, a well of of life, a well of water will become, you know, you know, up in you and and pour out of you." And so she then, having encountered Christ went out to the Samaritan village and brought them to Christ, too. That's the joy of, of, of being an evangelical Catholic, that we know for certain that, that, that we have received the salvific gift of being Catholic. And therefore, we have, the, we have what everyone else needs. Like, you know, when, 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 when Walmart or Amazon is looking about what they're going to sell next, they have to ask themselves, well, did somebody really need this, and will they buy it? Well, we have the most valuable thing of all, and everyone needs it. 
and that should fill us with the greatest joy. And I and and this is it's the it's the joy which drives our work at the Institute of Catholic Culture. It's the joy which drives your diaconate. And it's the joy with which I encourage our participants to not only be receiving the gift of faith formation at the Institute, but to be giving it to other people to share this because it's free, right? It's one thing to send out to your friends, hey, there's this opportunity, $15 for a course or a new Bible or a new book or whatever you can buy. That's one thing, and that's nice. But if you can say, hey, here's the resource, it's not going to cost you anything, but you can come and learn and receive the most valuable thing all and receive it for free, then this is wonderful. So it's an opportunity for your listeners also say, hey, share this with your with your your kids, with your parents, with your uh, siblings, cousins, coworkers, your boss, to be able to say, here, the most valuable thing I have to give you, I'm going to give it to you, I'm going to give it to you free of charge. It's not going to cost me anything, it's not going to cost you anything, but it's going to give us the greatest thing, which is our joy of our Catholic faith, our relationship with Jesus Christ. It's it's a, a in, interesting model. We're we're not quite at our next break, but we're getting close there, Father. But at, after the next break, what I'd like to ask you is, you know, the, the listeners that you have at the at the Institute of, of uh, Catholic Culture and and EWTN for that much matter, aren't the twenty six percent that believe that 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 believe that Christ is truly present in the Eucharist, right? The, I mean, for the most part, if you're listening to EWTN, if you're listen, if you're taking classes at at the Institute of Catholic Culture, you probably are are somewhat have a good, pretty good foundation at least to build upon. You understand what's going on. How, how do we get? How do we get the the other seventy five percent to to this to is, turn it on? This is, this is this is part of the reason for our model at the Institute, and it's, it's what has worked from the very beginning. Um, and that is to present the faith in an attractive manner. Um, you know, it may be that somebody doesn't want to, to learn the, the most important things we have to share with them. But if we can give it to them in the context of something that they might be interested in, like, for example, a, a, a study of the life of Alexander the Great. A lot of people are interested in history out there. But when they, when they come to the Institute and they learn about the life of Alexander the Great, they're also going to learn that his tutor was Aristotle and the fundamental principles that Aristotle was, was forming his students in. And so to be able to deliver the Catholic faith in the context of that liberal arts education is, is something that I do believe attracts many people. You know, you're saying, well, the 26% that believe in the Eucharist, here's, here's the difference. For a lot of organizations that are packaging up and selling aspects of the faith, yes, you're, you're doing good work, but you're attracting the daily mass goers, the daily rosary prayers. But you know, your average Catholic in the pew and your average non-Catholic on the street isn't going to pay for that. Right. So you're just feeding the same animal, right? We, you it, know, Father, we're it, coming up on our, sec, our second break okay, right here, and we're going to take this up after our break, but we're, we have to pay some bills here, and we're going to uh, be back shortly on WSFI 88.5 FM on your radio dial, AM 750, WSFI Catholic on the Internet. We're talking to Father Hezekiah at uh, Institute of Catholic Culture, Culture, and we will be right back. Listen at 7 o'clock p.m. every Tuesday to WSFI Spotlight, a half-hour conversation with outstanding Catholics from our community and around the world. WSFI Spotlight re-airs on Saturday at 3.30 p.m. or listen on demand anytime by subscribing to our podcast. Visit WSFIRadio.org for more information. It's WSFI Spotlight, a conversation with Catholics living in the light. Only on WSFI Catholic Radio, Tuesdays at 7 o'clock p.m. 
Want an example of a false sense of security? How about relying on the life insurance you get through work to pay for all of your final expenses? Do you have plans to retire someday? Or do you plan on working for that company for the rest of your life? The fact is, you may lose your life insurance when you leave a company. I'm Matt Tomlinson from Catholic Financial Life, and I invite you to share your hopes and dreams with me. To discuss your options for protecting your family, call me at 847-548-MATT. That's 847-548-6288. Products and services not available in all states. My name is Father Dominic Pelusi. I'm a member of the Priests of the Sacred Heart. I have been ordained for 41 years. St. Paul tells us, how shall they call on Jesus in whom they have not believed? And how can they believe unless they have heard of him? And how can they hear unless there is someone to preach? We have the opportunity for Catholic Radio to do exactly that, to bring the Word of God into our houses, but more importantly, into our hearts. WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio is committed to bringing quality Catholic programs to our local community. We only can do that with your financial support. Take a moment now to donate online at wsfiradio.org or mail your tax-deductible donation to WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio, P.O. Box 885, Libertyville, Illinois 60048. That's WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio, P.O. Box 885, Libertyville, Illinois 60048. Donations of any amount are greatly appreciated. We are back on the Deacon's Roundtable. Thank you for joining us here on WSFI. We are with Father Hezekiah from the Institute of Catholic Culture, who I keep interrupting when we come to a break, so I'm sorry, Father, for that. But uh, we were talking about how do we inspire some of the our Catholics that, that uh, need a little bit of poking, and I think you gave a great example of uh, we can hit some of their interests. Like I have uh, a, f- a friend who's who's really interested in history, and I think maybe I'll invite him to, t- to take a history, c- you know, course, and maybe we'll plant the seed that way. So I think that's kind of cool. Um, but with all this this, this uh, library that you have of courses, do you plan on running them on some of the uh, Catholic affiliates like EWTN or WSFI to to, to sh- get the courses out that way, or what do you plan on doing with this archive that you have? Our programming is available to everybody. So, of course, anybody, any any uh, affiliates would love to work with us, be happy to do so. Um, but it's available on our website at instituteofcatholicculture.org um, and, and available to everybody. And, uh, and the, only, the only stipulation is that nobody charges for it. <laughs> so, um, and so that it remains free of charge and available to everyone. And, you know, Deacon, that's what you were, you were saying, is how do we, how do we reach out to the to those that are maybe on the edge of the body of Christ, or or maybe not have not been fully incorporated into the church, and I think that that it is fundamentally important that we stop charging for the faith, and only attracting the customers that are already hungry for it, um, uh, and and begin to reach out with with the the truths of our faith to anyone and everyone, um, and I think that's what we found at the institute. I we have many non-Catholics that participate. Um, many non-Catholics that have converted to the faith through our work at the Institute. Um, and so we remain wide open to everyone who is interested in learning the truth. And when they come to the Institute, we're not going to, you know, soften the message or soft pedal or whatever the case may be, but give them the truth of the faith in a loving manner, of course, uh, but always teaching the truth of Jesus Christ, because that itself is attractive. And I think we need to have that confidence as Catholics once again. You know, it's... Uh... It's unfortunate that uh, Deacon Dave from uh, 
Tennessee, who's, who is a regular here on our show, couldn't make it because he has a very interesting model that he uses with the Institute of Catholic Culture. Father, I don't know if you're aware of it, but what he does yeah. is he has uh, the people in his parish taking the Catholic bioethics course, and mm-hmm. and then later in the week they get together. He has 12 to 15 parishioners that get together and discuss the uh what the lecture and they actually uh Dave will bring in some some uh study cases some models and you know to bring to bring us going there so not only is it the part of the course but he's using it to to evangelize within the parish to further discuss because you know you can like you can like do so much in an hour hour and a half that you're doing but i think Dave's model is particularly attractive because he's he's taking a national opportunity and he's 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 bringing it home if you will Absolutely. That's been, that is, that's that's my hope right there, and uh, that people are taking this and making use of it in a very practical way in their parishes, in their homes, with their families. A lot of families participate in this as a group. They make it. I was just speaking with a, a beautiful couple. They said it's their it's their date night each week that they get together and participate. They're in the theology course, and they participate in the theology 101 course with Dr. Jared Stout, and uh, and it's their date night every week. So that's wonderful. It's uh, yeah. They're waiting for some of the later issues in uh, in the bioethics course. He's at an older parish, so some of the uh, the uh, younger issues that we're talking about <laughs> in sexuality are probably aren't as big an issue there at the parish. But um, they thoroughly enjoy it, and uh, in fact, they've actually were interested in, in uh, almost debating some of those things because you could we uh, as Father in the lecture talks about we have so many different theologians and and, and that are that. Are, are true to the magisterium, but see things slightly differently. And in bioethics, you can get some really great debates going on for what's going oh, on yeah. there and still and still stay way within, you know, the teachings of the Church. And I think Dave's hoping to go in that way as well. Um, how do you decide what uh, what's going to come up? Where do you get your, your ideas for, for courses? We have a curriculum structure. It's an annual curriculum structure every year in which we make sure that all of our courses are touching upon as many aspects of the faith as possible so that people receive a well-rounded formation, uh, organic formation, so that while they're studying certain time periods, maybe they'll be doing so in different disciplines. So we have a structure. A lot of people say, oh, well, the Institute of Catholic Culture is an adult education series. Not at all. It's not random talks on random subjects, but talks which are related one to the other so that someone who's, who's involved in the education and receiving at the ICC is going to is going to be really well formed in the faith and all aspects of the faith. I oftentimes encourage people: you're not interested in philosophy. Well, those are the classes you should be taking because that's your weakness, right? If you're not really scripture doesn't do it for you. Make sure that's the classes you're in, so that you become well rounded in the faith, secure in your faith, so that when the challenges of the faith come, you'll remain faithful. As like Saint Paul says in Ephesians four. It's, we can no longer be like children tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine, by the cunning of men in their deceitful wiles. Uh, we are to grow up in every way into Christ. And so whether it's history or philosophy or theology or scripture or catechetics, whatever, Christ is at the center. As you, as you deacons know, good theology is always Christocentric. Well, good history is also Christocentric, right? Christ-centered, because he's the author of history. Philosophy. Um, is a matter of discovering God himself, who is wisdom incarnate in Christ. And so all of these disciplines, all these aspects, all these ways of coming to know the truth, ultimately come to know the one who is truth himself 
Um, and so each year at our at the ICC, we have a, a curriculum year. You can go on our website and take a look at that, all the offerings we have planned. And then those change each year while the areas of, of study uh, stay the same. That's I understand, uh, Father, you, the Institute gives uh, certificates. How, how does that go? Yeah, so you can participate however you like. As an, you know, on demand, as an audit student while you're driving down the road, you want to listen to a one-off talk or a three-part talk or whatever the case, you can do that. Uh, we have Sunday Gospel Reflections preparing for the coming Sunday. We go over the readings and the Gospel for the coming Sunday beforehand so that people are prepared uh, to be able to receive the homily at Mass. Um, but you can go further, and you can study as an audit student in which you have readings that are optional. You can do them. If not, you can participate live or on demand each week as the class, as the course goes through. Or you can take it for a certificate track in which there is there are quizzes each week, there's assigned readings, there's a final at the end of the course, and then you receive a certificate, which can be used however you like, whether it be for catechetical certification in your diocese or just for your own uh, knowledge that, hey, I went through this course, I learned the material, I got to, got to the goal, and now I'm going to continue with another course to learn the faith and continue my formation. Can we expect um, some major collegiate sports to be also coming up with the Inter Institute of uh, Catholic Culture as well? Will you be fielding a football team in the fall? Or is it, uh... Right. <laughs> well, with seven kids, I might be putting a basketball team together. For or you're on your way to a baseball, baseball team, for sure. That's right, exactly. So if you have someone who's, who's, who's new to the program... Is, and I haven't, you know, I spent some time looking at courses. And I haven't spent a lot of time on the website. Uh, is there a place on the website that gives them a suggestive path to go? You know, some place where, I, I mean, with all these courses and things, it can be a bit overwhelming, right, if you, if you come in there. So is, is there a suggestive track or a curriculum or a class to say, okay, you want to be better can, uh, catechist, you know, these might, this might interest you, or how does, how does that work? Yeah, the best thing to do is come to the website itself. We have coming up on July 14th a come and see evening introduction to the ICC in which we'll go through with new members uh, what you can get at the Institute and how best to engage in your formation. But ultimately, Deacon, everybody's at a different place. And so we want to make sure that no matter what somebody's interested, it's available to them. You want a good semester-long college-level, seminary-level course We've got them in our courses section of our website. You want to come and study scripture with us. You want to have a, you don't have much time. So you've got a, a, a half an hour, an hour time slot. Uh, you can come on into, the, into our, our, our scripture section and choose a scripture topic. You want to study the New Testament or Old Testament. It's, so it's, it's totally adjustable to what your needs are and your particular interests are. But ultimately, I would suggest getting in and participating in our live classes that we have going on and then our live courses. Right now, our Theology 102 course uh, is open for registration. Uh, that's the, uh, the course on the development of doctrine. That is how the Church began, taught what she teaches, and when and why she, she teaches those things. Um, we're going to be looking and reading the primary sources, whether it be Augustine or Aquinas, or whatever the case may be, so that people know, hey, this is why the Church teaches what she teaches. Here's why she explains it the way she explains it, and so forth. So this is a great course, Theology 102, The Development of Doctrine. It's a great introductory course uh, for, for Catholics that want to really dive in. But then 
you know, dusting off Don Quixote or Women of Faith, Defenders of Orthodoxy, which is coming up with Christopher Check, uh, President of Catholic Answers, or if you're interested in, 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 in going deeper in your prayer life, the way of the pilgrim entering into the Jesus prayer, these are all live classes that we have coming up, as well as the live courses that we have going on right now and those coming up, as well as on demand. So no matter who you are, where you're at, the opportunity is there. How about some of the classes for some of the dummies like me? I mean, it's uh, I can't spell okay. Don Quixote and uh, <laughs> stuff like yeah. that. And you know, you you have theology yeah. one hundred two. How about just theology two? I don't you know. I, let me let me start ninety eight classes before. I, I, how about something you know, a little bit less uh, challenging? You know, Deacon, you got certainly you got to start somewhere. But I, I would encourage we have a course. If 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 you want something that's not too challenging, look for my name on our website. Anything I have taught, trust me. I'm not that smart, so you can you you'll be able to, to to understand what is being taught there. But I did a series um, some time ago called Swords and Serpents, which is an introduction to salvation history. It's an introduction to the Bible, basically. Swords and Serpents. A lot of people like to start there because they want to know more about the Bible and how the whole Bible, the whole of the the big picture works together. And that's the purpose of that course. So you can go on there and check out Swords and Serpents with Father Hezekiah. But but really. I would say this: all of our courses, while they are they are high level, um, while we're teaching certainly at an adult level, college level, they're certainly taught in a way that is achievable, that is attainable. Uh, it's not just super heady stuff taught by you know really bright guys that can't communicate. One of my goals as the founding executive director is to find totally faithful Catholic teachers who are who are bright. They know their subject but that can also communicate that subject effectively to your average lay faithful. Uh, and that's what we need in the church, you need effectively communicating and preaching the Word of God, sharing the truths of our faith in a way that people can receive it, grow in it, until we all grow up, as St. Paul says, into Christ himself. I'd have to say, with, at least with the Catholic bioethics class, it, it's, it's at a level that even someone I can understand, so that, that that's... That's pretty. That's that's pretty good. Although I think you undersell, Father. You know your classes because I I listened to your resources uh, uh, broadcast today on on the upcoming uh, scripture for Sunday, and you know I, I said okay I'm just going to listen to it. It's probably going to be a 20 minute homily, and it's you know, not going to be done. It's like 48 minutes. It's like okay, he's going into the background of the background of going through there and stuff, and it, it's just wonderful. But it, it's you, know, you got to sit down and say okay, he's going to spend some time with kings. And and before you know, we're Catholics, right? We skip the first reading, pay, almost pay attention to the third, and then then we get then we get the, to the scripture, which we uh, get in the habit of saying, okay, I've heard the loaves and fishes, so I'm not going to pay attention. But you know, we're not going to do that here. He, we're 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 diving in there. So uh, one of the things, if, besides the classes on the Institute of Catholic Culture, I think I love your your weekly. Uh, uh, Discussion with with Anna Mitchell. I don't know if she's there every week, but um, on on the upcoming yeah. gospel. And again, that's that's an hour long thing. So I, I I still do you ever leave your office? <laughs> uh, I really love that when you say uh, the text. To understand the text, you need the context, and to me, to me, it's very helpful, very helpful. Also in prepa- preparing for Sunday. We have to get prepared. You know, the, the what, re- repetition is the mother of all learning. We walk into Mass and, like, we parachute in, and all of a sudden the prophet Isaiah is being proclaimed. I, if you don't know what Pro- Isaiah was talking about and who he was talking to, 
you're, you're not going to be able to really draw out and understand for yourself its application for our own life. we got to get the context. That's what we do in our Sunday Gospel Reflection. That's why it takes an hour each week to do, or whatever, 48 minutes, to go back and say, okay, we're going to be listening to Isaiah. Who was Isaiah? Where did he live, and who was he talking to, and why was he saying what he was saying? Now, my pastor can come and preach his homily, and I can be, what Isaiah is saying can be applied to my life in its proper context. Well, it's funny, it's, you talk for 48 minutes, but I always remind uh, the, the priest in our parish that, you know, Pope Francis said seven, so. <laughs> <laughs> well, if I preach for 48 minutes in my parish, I'd be run out of, out of town, too. <laughs> it's, uh, I think you, you would keep people engaged. It, it, it's a wonderful experience. It is, it is wonderful. Even the 48 minutes, I wanted you to go on more. That's because you retired, <laughs> Mike. That's because you retired. You have nothing else to do. For those of us that are still working, 48's, you know, pretty good. So, and, I'm, I've enrolled well, in about two classes already. You know, and at some the point, way we're going. but at some point, you know, father's kid is going to be mowing the lawn, so he's going to have to go outside and start mowing again, or else, unless he's <laughs> going to have 14 kids. I don't know. So it's. <laughs> Father, you're amazing. Even even your life story is amazing. It really touched my heart. So what's next? Yes. What's next in the, what's what's your grand vision for the ICC after you've you've uh, reinvigorated the church and and uh, we're 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 <laughs> eagerly waiting for Christ's coming. What 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 do we do after that? Well, I, I think we've maybe a more humble approach than that. But but you know we just have to keep doing the work of the Lord and continue to grow as the Lord sends us benefactors as well as students and and be able to provide i don't see why after two thousand years we can't run a catholic university for free jesus gave us the model well what have we been doing charging for it for two thousand years we ought to be able to do it according to the model of christ so we continue to grow our courses and make these opportunities available as many as possible in-depth courses no matter where somebody's at to come to us and be able to provide that free of charge so we're going to continue to grow reach out to as many people as possible i mean 3,000 people in our bioethics course is a drop in the wow. pond, right? Yeah. There's, we should be having 30,000, uh, 100,000 people enrolled in the course. That's what I want to start seeing. And uh, four and five and ten classes at a time, just like you walk down a university uh, hallway and there's different classes going on. We can do this. We have the technology. God placed us in this moment in history to be able to teach the faith effectively and to do it free of charge to anyone who will come to us. You're going to need a bigger iPad for all that, uh, <laughs> all that stuff there. Yeah. So, Father, we're coming up on the end of the show. We sh we certainly are blessed to have you here and, and yes, join us yes. on the Deacon's Roundtable here on WSFI. Would you leave us with a prayer, Father? Absolutely. Blessed is our God at all times, both now and ever, and unto ages of ages. Amen. O Lord Jesus Christ, you who promised that when two or three are gathered in your name, you would be here among us. We ask you to be here now, sending down your, your Holy Spirit upon your servants, the deacons, upon the, all of us gathered together, that in every way we might glorify your holy name, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, both now and ever, and unto ages of ages. Amen. May God bless you all. Amen. Amen. And for our listening audience, we're talking with Father Hezekiah, and please reach out and, and uh, check out the website for the Institute of Catholic Culture at theinstituteofcatholicculture.org and see the m wonderful offerings that, that they have, and um, as you'll see at the introduction of every course, you'll see Father Hezekiah and uh, the man who never goes home. Uh, but we are very honored that you're here, Father. Yes. We thank you. We wish you continued thank success, you. And, uh, and we look forward to more of your courses. Thank you, Deacons, and thank you, Angela and Molly, for being there and supporting all of this. All right. Take care, Father. Take care, Father. God bless. God bless. Drink from the cup of his forgiveness. Never.